0: Father, we could never thank you enough. We could never praise you enough for Jesus. And Father, we invoke that name this night over every heart, every life, over this area, this region that you've given us to reach, teach, and release. And Father, we've come together to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. And so, Father, we purpose to have hearing ears and receptive hearts. Help us To hear, help us to run, and help us to fulfill. And Father, may You be glorified. And Lord, we never tire praying this prayer. Lord, help us get this job done. Even so, Lord Jesus, we bid Thee come. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Well, good evening, everyone. And welcome to the Holy Ghost Meetings 2023. I know that uh, this gets overused quite a bit for some of you I haven't seen in a year. It's last year since I last saw you. It's good. You're looking great. And how many know we go from glory to glory? How many know you're looking better this year than you did last year? Amen. Praise the Lord. But I, I do welcome each and every one of you um, and all those via live stream. And I want to thank you for coming out and supporting these meetings uh, and your faith, your prayers, your attendance. And... Uh, I want to thank the pastors uh, for coming out. I know some of our pastors and ministers came out. Some could not. You know, we have some in Europe that could not be here. Well, they're doing the good work. And others have uh, some things they just could not break away from. But uh, we appreciate all of our pastors and ministers that have come here. And we, we do have some very special guests in our midst. We have Pastor Billy and Randy Heather of Gospel Church. Go ahead and stand up. Turn around. Let's give my a hand. Now, these people, they don't really know me, but they are very, very dear to me. And uh, they've helped this church out in an amazing way. They are buying our former Lakeview Avenue Church building. Gospel Church, amen. Praise the Lord. And they're doing a a great, great work. And uh, we're just so thrilled that God sent you here, that we can be fellow laborers in reaching this area. And we're just so thrilled that that building is being used for the glory of God countless, countless people have been saved in that building, healed filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean Jesus has walked in that building. Angels have. Praise the Lord. And uh, I know you'll continue to run with the vision and uh, uh, God bless you. God bless the people of Gospel Church and we're honored to have you here tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. I also want to thank all of my partners, my FCI partners and uh, you guys are very, very dear. You allow me to do a whole lot more than I could do by myself. Uh, you know, the church is limited what it could do for me, but through FCI, it really helps me to travel. We also start uh, other churches, we do a lot of mentoring. And so, thank you, thank you, each and every one of you that uh, support Family Church International. And so, I, I love you, and, and you are in my prayers. And I'm believing, God, that this year will be the greatest year yet. For you, praise God. Well, we, we do have a message, so go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Revelation. Yes, it is the end, the book of Revelation chapter two. And actually that scripture is the introduction to the introduction of my message. And so um, for those that are visiting, I'll just say this now I'm fixing the clothes. And you know what that means, absolutely nothing. But uh, thank God that we do have three days and uh, I understand we don't need to get it all through in one night. And, and I've, I've asked God to help me because there is something I believe the Spirit of God has given me to say. And, and very often because of a lack of time, I, I feel rushed. I have to get this out, this out. But I, I'm just going to kind of let go of the, the reins and allow the Spirit of God to lead me, especially what to say, what not to say, and just trust Him to get out. What needs to be said in these meetings uh, for our own lives, for the churches, for the ministry, and for laborers around the world. But before we go into uh, that text, I have a little house business with our ministers, our pastors. And this is something that has been stirring my heart, and I just want to give voice to it since most of our ministers are here. And of course, others will be watching, is something about the area of missions that has been on my radar of late, on my heart of late. And uh, of course, I'm looking forward to getting more of family churches in the mission field. You know, for years, we've raised up pastors, we've started churches, we've raised up church leaders and, and people in the Ministry of Helps, and we're grateful and thankful for that. But I'm, I'm looking forward to the time when we have more people that uh, go outside the, the, the United States and go into all the world. How many you know we're to preach all the world? And Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Then the end shall come. And so, yes, I am working for the end of the world. And so I'm very much looking forward to that. Of course, if you feel called to the mission field, let me know. We can help you with that. Amen. But uh, something that I I want just to put before our ministers and our pastors just for food for thought. And of course, you know you have autonomy to do whatever you want in your churches and so forth. But I just want to share this and if the Spirit of God bears witness with it, hey, run with it. If not, or it's not a good time, whatever, Uh, you know, just follow the Lord uh, for yourself. Um, For years... We understand, I've been actually, I was just thinking about, I just completed 37 years of ministry in this area, 37 years. Now looking at me, you know, I started when I was five years old, but (laughs) 35 years. And, you know, I was just thinking about some things. It, It took probably, especially the first 20 years of my ministry, that I was what I called very muzzled financially that man, you know, I was working hard, working hard, getting paid very little, you know, just uh, I wasn't well taken care of and, and so forth. And, you know, it took about 20 years really to get people's mind renewed to the, the gospel and to see that, hey, you know, you're, you're to take good care of your pastor. You know, they that labor and were deed ought to be worthy of double labor. But it, because of the mindset in this area, uh, it, it took about 20 years, and, and we thank God that, uh, that now our, our churches take good care of their pastors. I'm thrilled that s- some of my, my sons are better taken care of I am, and it thrills me, absolutely thrills me, and it's rightfully so. I know this, the better a church takes care of its pastor, the, the more prosperous that church will be, the more blessed that church will be. Because, you know, he's, he's sent from God uh, to you and how you treat someone that God has sent is how you treat God. And so thank God we have that revelation. And right after that, um, of course, we've learned to take good care of uh, guest ministers that come you know, that preach the Word. And, and uh, you know, when they, they labor in Word uh, towards us and obey God, that we, you know, we, we bless them financially. And that is right, and that is good, and we don't apologize for that. So, you know, we, we, we've gotten to, to second base on these things. But I want us to get to third base. Now, young folks, that's not what, what we're talking about, <laughs> but we're going to get to third base. All right. I had to get some of your attention out there is uh, in the area of our missionaries, those outside you know we're blessed with a pastor that minister to us and, and, and it 's good to take care of your pastor and when we have guests in that travel throughout America to you know, take good care of them, but there are those that are sent outside the fields they, they aren't privileged to be in these meetings like you are they aren't privileged to, to be in the soil of america they're laboring they, for Jesus, outside, and, uh, you know, and th- they make sacrifices away from their friends, and their family, and so forth, and uh, very often, in most of the cases, uh, they take sacrifices financially, and so, you know, it's been on my heart, you know, that we need to start that third, third base, that third frontier, and really be mindful to take good care of our missionaries, and I'm not just saying our missionaries, family church. I mean missionaries in general. The body of Christ is one. All, all missionaries. You know, Jesus said this, you know, that there'd be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the othermost parts of the earth. So we, we need to start blessing how God has blessed us in America. We need to bless those in the othermost parts of the earth. And so just... Something that we're going to do at Family Church Fredonia, you can do it. You can say that is the most craziest idea we ever heard. That's fine, too. You know, of course, we we tithe as a church. We believe that churches ought to tithe, and your tithe ought to go to, to your pastor or to your man or woman of God. But we also give missionaries, and we support traveling ministers and so forth. But on top of that, what we're going to do is once a month, we're going to take up a special offering just for missionaries. And we're just going to maybe take a missionary. Not someone that stays in an America and goes out there, but primarily their focus, their emphasis, is either they're living out in the mission field, or that's what they do. They, they, they uh, do crusades. They come back, raise funds to go back to, to win the loss. And so once a month we're going, to be raised, we're going to take an offering just for missionaries. And so this is what we're going to do at Family Church, the mother church here. Family, Family Church International, my organization, of course, I tithe, but uh, I've always purposed to give 20% away. So I'm, I'm working at giving 10% towards mission. 10, 10% to my spiritual parents, 10% to the missions, and just to get this done. And, you know, just to be partakers of what God wants to do in these last days. All right. Everyone say commercial over. Again, pastors, you do what you want with it if it bears witness. Great and wonderful, if not, you know, just do whatever God tells you to do. And so that was not the introduction to my introduction. That was the announcement before the introduction to my introduction. And so now my introduction. In the book of Revelation chapter 2, in verse 7, these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is saying this, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give thee the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And of course, if you've read the book of Revelation, the first couple of chapters are really an epistle. A letter written to the church. Then from chapter 4 on, you have about the last days and what's going to happen on the earth once the church is taken out of the earth. But Jesus, uh, before we read all that stuff in the book of Revelation, Jesus wrote seven letters, had John write seven letters, which were seven actual churches in Asia Minor at that time. And Jesus had a specific message for each church. And there's certain things he would say to each church, and there's some things he would say differently to each church. But one thing he said to every church is this, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And so Jesus wants us to hear what He is saying to the church. I I know that this was written thousands of years ago, and these were literal churches in Asia Minor, but I believe the Word of God is eternal it's, it's valid for today and Jesus is saying the same thing and He wants us to hear what the Spirit is saying to church. How mean, you know there's a lot of voices out there yeah. Yeah. the voice of media there, there's a whole lot of voices out there there's a whole lot of voices you can follow, but the most important thing that we must do is hear the voice of God and hear exactly what He is saying to us. And I believe Jesus um, will have something that He'll be saying to the whole body of Christ, something that, that He wants His whole body to be uh, pursuing and going after. Uh, but I also believe here that uh, He has something for each individual church. We have many churches represented here in the family church. We have churches and pastors and leaders watching via live stream that are outside the family churches and the Spirit of God wants to say something to them. But also we Individually, God has something to say to us. And that's what we want to do in these meetings is we want to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us, to our church, and to the church world. Here, God is faithful to speak. God told, Jesus told every church a message. He gave them a message. He was speaking. He was saying things. But then He would tell the church, uh, he that has ears to hear, let him hear so, you know, we, we don't need to force the hand of God. We don't need to wave God down and say, God, God, speak to me. Give me a message. Show me. Teach me. He is always speaking. You know, hear what He's saying to church. I, I've said something already. I am saying something. But your job is to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So God is faithful to speak. But it's our job to take time to hear what He is saying us. And if we don't take time to listen and to hear, we may miss out on what the Spirit of God is saying to the church, what the Spirit of God is saying in our lives. You know, something happened to me that uh, really illustrated this. And for those of you who follow my ministry, I usually don't illustrate along this type of line, but it really brings about a point you know i'm not i don't follow football or sports you know when i was younger i did but because of my calling i have to give myself more on waiting the lord and, and so forth and be shut up with him so when it comes to sports and there's not wrong with sports um you know, I don't really follow sports. I'm not on the media very much, Facebook, Instagram. I do post when I'm on vacation, but that's about it. I, I post, but I don't, I don't look at it. So, <laughs> you, you know, you can look at my stuff, but I'm not really going to look at your stuff. <laughs> it takes up too much time. But people ask me to do that. You know, I, I'm just being honest with you. And you know, I might look at it once a day, you know, out of obligation because I may need to know what's going on with the rest of the world or what's happening in my you know, family's life and so forth. So very often they won't tell your pastors, but they'll post on Facebook what's going on. So you you don't understand this, you need to need, need to be a prophet or have Facebook to know what's going on in the world. So you know, for that for that reason. But you know, of course, with these meetings, you know, I, I'm I'm just shut up and you know praying, seeking God, and you know not looking at, at the uh, you know media and so forth. But uh, I, I I just took a little break, and then uh, you know I, I was scrolling real quick, and well, let's get this over. And then I saw uh, I saw one of our pastors says uh, praying for Demar. All right, now it's going to get serious, but it, but it's going to illustrate something. So I just assumed, oh, there, there must be a member in his church named Damar. Okay, that's fine. I'm going on. And there's another person, another pastor, praying for Damar. Now, that's a coincidence. He has a, a church member named Damar, <laughs> and they do. And some of these are family churches, and that's not a family church name. <laughs> Damar. Then I'm going on praying for Damar, praying for Damar. Then I, you know, of course, I have some relatives, I have some people that I know that I know aren't born again praying for Demar. I can't believe what has happened to Demar. And I'm, what in the world's going on? And so I had to take some time, stop. i got to find out who this Demar is. And so I, I take to my, you know, time, and so I'm going to look up "Oh, oh my. And for those of you that are sports fans, you're saying, get with it. The whole world knew about this yesterday. But I was just evidently, how many here do not know what happened to Damar? 3% of you. <laughs> All right. For those of you who raised your hand, now how many know what I'm talking about about Damar? Look around. Look around, everyone. Look around Damar. Damar, I, I have his name written down. DeMar Hamlin is a Buffalo Bills player. And uh, evidently, they played football last night. I didn't know that. And uh, he made a tackle, and I, I think he had a heart attack. Very young, healthy guy. And it, it's tragic, of course. I mean, we're grateful people praying, and the, the church mafia, the church, <laughs> you know, getting together and pray, heathens praying, you know, I, I don't, and I, you know, our heart goes out with them. But I had no idea what was going on. And uh, even though this this was going on and most people knew about it, I was oblivious. But when I took time to investigate, when I took time to to look at the newsreel, oh my, I got informed. I I, I caught up with the rest of you. Now I know what's happened to Damar. And see, the same thing why are we having these meetings? You know, God is saying something. And He is speaking all the time. And if we're too busy and, and preoccupied with other things, we can miss out like I missed out. I didn't know anything about Damar. But but once I... I focused in on that. I want to find out what happened tomorrow. I begin to research it and I've gotten to know. And that's what we want to do this week. We, we want to hear from heaven. We want to know what's going on in the kingdom of heaven. What's going on? What is God saying to us? What is God saying to the churches? And so, that's what we're going to do. Now, you'll hear me make reference to Kenneth Hagan. Hagin. Kenneth Hagin was my spiritual father. And one of the last revelations that God gave him, one of the books God gave him before uh, he went home to be with the Lord, was Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And of course, I encourage all of my ministers to read that at least once a year and just to remind ourselves of the things that were shared through that visitation Brother Hagin had. But this is something that when you read that book, you'll see this theme over and over again. And again, Ken Tagan's ministry was to help people get ready for the coming of the Lord. And I just want to quote it to you. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I bless my people as far as I can. But the reason there's not a move of, the, there's not a move of God and in depth of flow of the Spirit and the fullness of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost is, is because men do not take time to hear from me and if you read that book over and over and that's what Jesus was saying to him and of course the reason he talked to brother Hagen brother Hagen was known all over the world the reason God doesn't talk to me like he talked to brother Hagen I'm only known in this area and so and no doubt the reason that uh, Jesus chose brother Hagen is because of his voice but if you read that book Jesus kept saying to Brother Hagin, tell the church, tell my body. And the, the number one thing is, is, they don't take time to hear from me. And see, that's why we need to take time to hear what the Spirit of God's saying. That's why I'm just thrilled for, uh, for us here. We're taking time. We know the Bible says God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And so we want to take time. And he went on, Jesus went on to say, And they don't take time, again that phrase, to follow my plan set forth in Scripture. The more closely you follow my plan, the more my power will be in demonstration and manifestation. And so, again, we want to hear. We're taking time. Lord, what are you saying to us? What are you saying to family church? Family churches, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to the body of Christ? And so, I like to always use that as a starting point of the Holy Ghost meetings because that's our focus. You know, we just don't want to come up with a message. Oh, this would be a great subject. I like teaching on this. I like ministering along this line. We want to hear what He is saying. And so, when it comes to these meetings in in the beginning of the year, it's not something I just wake up and come up with an idea. I start months ahead of time And then about weeks before, I really start to focus and begin to seek God and just take time, take hours. Lord, what are you saying? What are you you saying to us? We're going to be gathering the first week of January. What are you saying to us? What are you saying to the churches? What do you want me to minister on? And so these things are very important. We We don't take them lightly. And uh, after, you know, much prayer and seeking, something that's really, really burning my heart that I want to share with you is found in Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. So, that was my introduction to my introduction. And now we're going to begin to, to look at and introduce our subject for these meetings and again, we want to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, and we are taking time. You know, when we take time like this, God honors it. Because you, you, you could be watching Netflix right now. You could be home, you know, doing other things, but you take, you're take you taking time to hear, and God will reward that. And God is going to reward us by giving us listening ears, and we're going to receive something from Him. And I, I believe this is something God has is, is shown me, and wants me to use my voice to broadcast. And now, the book of Proverbs 29, we're just going to read one verse, verse 18. And it says this Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Here it talks about a vision. Not only does it talk about a vision, it talks about the effects of a vision. What happens when there is one? What happens when there isn't one? And so we want to look at vision uh, tonight and start in that direction. And again, when I talk about vision, I'm talking about the Bible definition of vision. Here, vision means divinely granted sight. We understand that when someone has a vision, God allows them to see something, seeing the spiritual realm. God communicates a message, a revelation. Uh, Another definition, it is an oracle. A revelation. Divine guidance by God. I think we can also call it a visitation of God. And here... It says where there is no vision or visitation, the people perish. And so um, we want to look at vision. And I do want to take just a moment to talk what vision is not. Because I've been in classes that have used the Scripture and they would use the Scripture and says, without a vision, people perish. Then they would tell you, you have, to, you have to come up with a goal. You have to come up with a plan. You have to come up and formulate some type of mission statement and, and uh, get all your people going the same direction. You know, that principle is true, but what God is talking, this vision is not something that man manufactures. This vision is not something that, that a man thinks, and I think this would be a good idea. I think this would be a great model, each one reach one, or we could do this. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that, especially in the business world. It's important that when you have people you know, together that you're all going the deck in the same way, in the same direction. And so I'm not belittling that, but I'm talking about who authors it. Who authors it? So when it says where there is no vision, people perish. I'm talking about a God-given vision. What God says. Something supernatural. Waiting on God. Hearing from heaven. And, and coming from that place of prayer or that place of intimacy with God. And, and, and being branded by God. And God hath said. I'm talking about that. Something God-authored that's something that is supernatural. And so this is something that I believe that God is talking about vision, that our, us as ministers, us as people ought to be people of vision, not something man-formulated. Not our own plans. Remember plans, purposes, pursuits. Something we hear from heaven. Something that God has given to us and we communicate to the people and people run with it. People's lives are changed. It reminds me when I talk about a, a man orchestrated vision because there's just a lot of that. I, I took leadership classes and they would use this and uh, you know, I applied this principle. It, it helps the extent, but again, we're, we're talking scripturally we're talking about something that god authors something amazing you know like the bible how many know the bible is god authored anyone can write a book but it's not god authored i'm talking something given by god i remember a couple of years ago i was asked to be interviewed and someone was working on some thesis some piece of paper and so forth about church growth church expansion and so forth and they they called and and said you know I want to get my recording equipment and I want three hours of your time and I kind of chuckled myself I don't think I could tell you everything I know in the world in three hours and so you know good luck and so uh, you know of course I'm just a simple country boy if you You know, just listen to me speak. You said, dear God, (laughs) if you can speak, anybody can. You know, so I'm very simple and so forth. And so they they got this equipment. Of course, this person is very articulate, uses big words where I just acted like I knew what she was talking about. (laughs) And, uh, you know, then the recorder went on and she uh, began to ask me what my philosophy of ministry is. What, what is your ministry statement? What, what you know? What is your systematic? Um, some other jargon I can't even remember that she used, and she went on, you know, your your strategy and and some other G's, and goes on, and I, I'm going like this, and and so she's she's got they got the camera there waiting for the million dollar answers. I said I, I don't know about all that only thing I know is I do this. I pray, I hear from heaven, and I do what heaven says, and it works. But she didn't like that answer, and so she rerouted that answer with some other big words and jargon, but you know this, and statistics say this and this, and I don't know about that. Because evidently, you know, our success is known, you know, about starting churches. We, we've started churches where big churches tried to start churches. They couldn't start churches and it works for us. We, we have more ministers, people called the ministry, and our church is relatively small than churches of thousands. You know, it's a God thing. And so they see that and, then we, and so she's going at it and I said, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, to ruin your interview. The secret of success is... Number one, to pray. Number two, to hear from heaven. And to do what heaven says. And when you do what heaven says, what? It works. You know, that is not only the key to ministry. It's a key to everyone's success. If you're a business person, you know, you may have all the degrees and so forth, and it's wonderful we don't uh, belittle that. But if you'll pray... And you'll hear from heaven. Heaven's going to talk to you. Heaven will speak. And heaven will work. And uh, if things aren't working for you in ministry, if things aren't working in life for you, if it just seems like, you know, you you, you take one step forward and three steps backward and so forth, this is your answer to hear from heaven. To hear from heaven. Because heaven's... Plans work. And what, what Jesus was telling Brother Hagan. and he said this, I bless my people as far as I can. Aren't you, aren't you grateful that God will, will bless us when we formally our own mission, our own plan, our own statement, you know, and try to do our own thing? God will bless us as much as He can but he gives the secret. The reason I can't bless them fully 100% is because they're not following my plan. So he's saying, if you just take time to hear from him and find out what his plan is for your life, you won't even need to pray to God to bless you. It will be blessed. Um, just uh a couple more uh, statements from that book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. We can actually just do a book study on it and send you home and say we were blessed. Um, Brother Hagin said there was a pastor who was struggling and he prayed about it, and the Lord said, he never asked me for any kind of plan for his life, his ministry, or his church. He forms his own plans, then asks me to bless them. I bless them as far as I can. But I can't meet his financial needs. Get that. Pause. Yeah. Jesus here says, I can't do it. Yeah. Oh, God can do anything. Jesus said, I can't. Is there things that God can't do? Oh, absolutely. The Bible tells us there's things he can't. Jesus went in his hometown, Mark chapter 6, and could there do no mighty work? Mark 6, 5. It means he wanted to and could not. And so, again, how many of you know this applies to ministers' ministry, our own personal life, businesses? You know, we, we all uh, from time to time face financial needs, and, and it doesn't mean necessarily that we're, we're missing God. But if we're just hitting the wall over and over and over and over again, take time to hear. But notice this Jesus said he forms his own plans. You can form your own business without God. You can start things without God. then ask me to bless him. I bless him as far as I can, but I can't meet his financial needs because he's putting forth his own plans and not mine. I didn't tell him to do a lot of things he's doing. He just add his own plans to the things that I did tell him to do, and that's another thing. God may tell you to start something. Then as you start it, you add this on, add that on, and this on. And God will only fund what He said to do, not all the other peripheral stuff that you added. Again, light and revelation. Pastor, why are you sharing these things? He that has ears to hear, let him Hear. Hear. Jesus appeared to brother Hagen, and uh, many did not receive that revelation. I'm just kind of echoing, echoing some of these things. He taxed his own plans here and there and I can't bless them. I would if I could, but I can't, Jesus said. I can't put my approval on man's plans when they're not my plans. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Then Brother Hagin said this. It's easy to stray from God's plan. I believe many times the reason ministries get into dire financial trouble is they add on to what God planned for them. They may be good things, even legitimate things. They can even be scriptural, but they're not they're additions to God's original plan. Okay. So we're talking about vision. What, What we're talking about? Hearing from heaven. Where there's no vision, where there's something that God didn't author, God didn't breathe, God didn't speak, God didn't reveal. Notice notice what it says. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Whether it's God-authored or not, whether there's a vision, a visitation of God or not, affects the people in our lives. affects If we're in ministry, it affects the people we lead. If we're parents, it affects the lives of our children. If, if we're uh, an employer, it affects our employees. Where there is no vision, people perish. Now, I'm going to look primarily, of course, in the church, because this is a church setting, but it applies to all the other settings as well. I want us to look at the word perish. No vision, people perish. Or we can even say a man vision, people perish. Because God's definition is what He authors. The word perish is a very interesting thing. And of course, when we think perish, uh, we think die, you know, uh, go off the deep end, real real bad things happening to them. But... um, The word perish literally means to let loose or be out of control. Uh, The figure figure they used here that uh, you're holding on to reins like a horse or maybe a steering wheel. I mean, when you're holding on to a steering wheel, you're going into a a desired direction. But I mean, when you let go of the steering wheel, the car starts driving itself. And how many know you, you go too long without hands on the steering wheel, you're heading for a crash. Of course, in that sense, you can perish. It also means to be exposed. To leave unintended. Actually, one translator says to make naked. Now, where there's no vision, it affects people's lives. That's why vision is so very, very important. Now, this vision... And people perishing without it and we're going to look at these things. And it's my goal, my desire to stir in the fire, to hear from heaven like never before is to, to hear what He's saying to us as pastors, as leaders, what He's saying to us as parents, as, as business people, what He's saying to our lives. Because whether we follow what He says and what He authors or not, people miss out. Things happen that should not happen. The things uh, that should happen don't happen. Now, perish can be spiritually, we'll look at it. It means people lower their standards. They fall away from their consecration, dedication, uh, their service to God. It usually means that they forsake God's plan, God's path, and start pursuing their own path. You know, perish. Perish. With no vision. And we'll, we'll look at that and see. You'll see this so clear. That vision caused people to go straight. Vision caused people to follow God's plan for their life. But also naturally. When there's no vision. When there's no God authored plan. God visitation. God revelation. People fail to receive God's best in their lives. They live far beneath the promises of God and live in bondage and affliction. And we're going to see that everything rises and falls on leadership. That's why it's so important as a leader, you know, whether you're a pastor, whether you're an employer, whether you're a parent, it's very important that you hear from heaven that you, you walk with God. You've got to understand that the as a parent, the lives of your children are affected by how close you walk with God. As a pastor, the destinies, the eternal destinies of people can be dependent on how consecrated and dedicated you are to God. Something Jesus said that I, I've embraced early. He said this, for their sakes I sanctify myself. What he's saying? I consecrate. I I make the hard decisions. I keep myself separate. That way I can hear from the Father and help people. Personally as a minister my I guess this is the one G or philosophy I do have. That I judge myself. I must live in such a way that I'd be willing to follow me. Ponder that. I, anyone I, I follow, I want them, number one, to bring me closer to God. I, I don't want to hear an orator. I don't, I don't want to hear a good message. I, I don't want to, to see you know, some entertainment in the pulpit. I want someone that's been with God and says thus saith God and it shows. Yeah. But you just go and, and uh, you know and there's churches all over America that they come and they get entertained. And they leave the same way they came. And they perish. They're going on their own paths. Their own direction. The absence of light. So without a vision. When I'm talking vision, hearing from heaven, being a visitation. Being someone that walks with God. Whether you do or not, it affects the lives of people. Let's, let's look at a scriptural example of this in 1 Samuel chapter 3. You know, when, when I hear a minister I just don't want to hear something that makes me feel good. You know, you, you, you can eat a chocolate bar and feel good. Have, have a double espresso. You feel good. But, you know, what I want is I, I want to be around someone's walk with God. Someone that, you know, like a magnet is, is drawing me closer to heaven. I, I want to be around someone that, uh, that I, I'm afraid to be looking at bad things on the internet and going to their services because God's there. But I, can you see, without that, people just live any way they want. Yeah. All right, let's, let's, let's just take this further. I'm fixing to close, you know. First Samuel will take it slow. 1 Samuel chapter 3, in verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim, and he could not see. An heir, I'm reading out the King James Bible. And ere the lamp of God went out of the temple of the Lord where the ark was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Now I want to take this verse by verse and see about the importance of vision. Remember, no vision, no visitation, no God movement, God authoring anything. What happens? People perish. People go their own way. People cast off restraint. People let go. In verse 1, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Initially, as I studied this, uh, that's just a, an introduction to what we really want. Again, we want to talk about the vision and what happens when there is or no vision. But it really hit me strongly. We see young Samuel called and he's serving Eli. Eli is in the ministry. Eli is in the service of the Lord. Eli is a servant of the temple. So e- Eli's a minister and he's doing the work of the ministry and now he has a young protege that, that God sent him, Samuel. So ministry was going on. Ministry was going on before Samuel came. Ministry was going on while Samuel was there. And um, the thing that just struck me on this, that here, under Eli's ministry, under Eli's watch, it was only a natural ministry. He was doing the work of the ministry, but was just purely on a natural plane. You read about there was no supernatural element And Eli's ministry. He just knew what to do in the temple. He did. He followed the rules of the temple. And he had a ministry. He was doing the work of ministry. And it was a natural ministry. You know, the Bible warns us in 2 Timothy 3, 5, having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, a such turn away. It's a dangerous thing to be in ministry and just have a natural ministry. God never intended for a ministry to be natural. Jesus on the day of Pentecost, you know, before the day of Pentecost, he, He didn't say, and you shall receive entertainment abilities. You shall receive just verbal ability. No, He said, you shall receive power. Once the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then once that power is on you, once you're ablaze with the fire of God, you're going to change the world with that fire. The book of Acts is our standard of ministry. The book of Acts, they were doing the work of the ministry, but there was a God factor. There was vision. There was visitations. There were supernatural accounts, and it won the world. And it's very interesting, we live in a day that wants to stop the move of God. You know, e- even in, in my camp, I was raised under Brother Hagan who knew God, and we had visitations of God, that now, oh no, we don't want any move of the Spirit in our churches, we might offend the harvest, we, 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 we don't want all that. But the book of Acts is our standard. People spoke in tongues on the day of Pentecost, guess What? 3,000 people got saved. When you get more than 3,000 people saved, we'll start listening to your ideas of how to get people saved. Yeah. And then a few days later, someone gets healed in the parking lot. They laid hands and, and, and get healed and the noises abroad and 5,000 people get saved. And so when you get more than 5,000 people saved in the Walmart parking lot, I'm going to listen to your ideas. Ministry was never meant to be natural, brothers and sisters. Well, you may say, "Well, I'm not called to ministry." Your life was never meant to be natural. God gave you the Holy Ghost. John 16:13 says, "Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of Truth, has come, he shall guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of him himself, but he shall show the things of mind given to you." And it says this: He will show you things. To come. He'll show you the future. Future of his plans, his will. Any spirit-filled believer can have God show him stuff. Show him the future. Reveal things to him. I tell you, that changed my life as a 19-year-old man. Up to that time, I had a very natural life. I got born again. And uh, then I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I started praying in tongues an hour a day. And my life began to take on a supernatural limit. I found there's this huge revelation. The Bible's actually true. Yeah. Yeah. That the Holy Ghost speaks. He loves to show. He loves to show off. He loves to, to do things and mess with your life in a supernatural way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not doing mine. Are you spending time seeking Him? hearing from him. But I begin to pray an hour a day in other tongues and pray and pray and, and supernatural things would happen. I tell you, when you get branded with the supernatural, I've lived natural and I live supernatural. Nothing else satisfies like supernatural. And God never intended us to live natural lives. How many of you like, you know, I don't want to start a civil war here. What is it, Marvel and D.C.? Is that, those are the two conflicting whether you're a marvel to see or you're all glusive or whatever you have your own brand of superhero why do we like superheroes they got power I am Iron Man you know they they can fly can do things there's something in us gets thrilled with something that's beyond the natural why you're a spirit me being you're creating image and likeness of God you're meant to have a supernatural life But the Bible says that sowed in the spirit shall reap the spirit. That's why we got a vision. We got to spend more time with God. Take time. Our lives and ministry were never meant to be natural. All right. But, ooh, I want to get a little further here. Ministry was going on. There was no supernatural element. Why was there no supernatural element? It says the word of the Lord was precious in those days. The days of the ministry. Precious means rare and scarce. Means it didn't happen very often. Now what is the word of the Lord? It is the audible voice of the Holy Ghost. It's a supernatural thing. We know that there are three voices of God's leading. All of them all of them are authored of God. And all of them in one sense is supernatural. But they're different. We know there's the inward witness. God will lead us all by the inward witness. Number one way God will lead us by inward witness. we taught those things. You're pastors. You teach, you've taught these things. And of course it's true. God will lead us. It may, be not, it may not be spectacular. But it's supernatural. It's God authored. And that's why it works. It's truth. And it is no lie. Then there's the inward voice. We know that. That's still a small voice. You know, inward witness is kind of knowing. You just know that you know. Well, the inward voice is when you hear the voice of your spirit giving you guidance and direction and telling you things. And I'm I'm sure many of you have have just uh, had that in your life, that all of a sudden, if you got quiet, got your mind quiet, and something down here spoke to you, that is the inward voice. Even though all those are God speaking, it's not the Word of the Lord. What is the word of the Lord? That is when the Holy Spirit speaks audibly and you can hear it with these natural ears. Throughout my life in ministry, I've had the word of the Lord. Not not every week, not every month. I I won't say every year, but as the Spirit of God wills that I'll just be standing here and all of a sudden be like someone right behind me and the word of the Lord come to me saying. And you look around and who is that? You know, now I could tell you cases where that happened, and every time the word of the Lord came, it, it came to pass. Sometimes as a warning, sometimes you'd say what was going to happen to nation. It, it, it is a spectacular, supernatural event. And notice nothing spectacular or even supernatural was going on in Eli's ministry. You know? So No doubt, Eli, even though he was doing the work of God, didn't really have a passion for God, wasn't really seeking God. There was no... uh, The Word of the Lord was precious. It was rare in those days. And again, we're going to see, without these things, people perish. And so, the Word of the Lord was precious in those days, and said this, there was no open vision. What is an open vision? Again, a spectacular thing. open vision is when you're standing here and all of a sudden God opens your eyes, your ears, your physical senses, and you see and behold the realm of the Spirit. Why you're conscious, why you're awake, you're seeing and God is showing you things. God is, is saying things to you. It's spectacular. We know there's three types of vision. A spiritual vision on the inside. Number two, a trance. A trance. If I had more time, I'd teach on them. I experienced spiritual visions. You know, I remember one time just minding my own business. Cutting grass. Wasn't very spiritual activity. I'm cutting grass. And all of a sudden, as I'm cutting grass, I'm in the Spirit. And I have a vision. The Lord shows me something. And how to deal with my leaders in the church. And, and then it disappears. And then I go, I'm go. i still cutting grass. Like that. That wasn't... I. If it was an open vision, I would saw the yard, I would saw the morn, but it was in the spirit. And trances, I could talk about trances. I've had trances where all of a sudden the Spirit of God comes on me, I fall down, and then I see into the spiritual realm. Those, those are trances. Peter, uh, Acts chapter 12, went in trance, and there's other, other references. But an open vision is the highest of these visions. And the wording here is very important. What we're seeing is there's ministry going on. The work of the ministry. And there are natural duties to ministry. But it says in that time, the word of the Lord was precious. It was rare for the word of the Lord to come forth. And uh, in a time of spiritual drought, There's no visions. Brothers and sisters, have you noticed something in our day? And again, this is just the introduction. Tomorrow I actually get an introduction into the bulk of it. Where there's no vision, people perish. There's something about vision that affects the body of Christ. There's something about vision that affects the lives of the congregation. Here, ministry is going on, but none of this stuff was happening. And unfortunately, my time's running. We're gonna pick it up tomorrow and see because that wasn't happening, what was going on in Israel. Where there is no vision, people perish. It's a healthy thing for to have hope and visions. It's a healthy thing for, for men and women to walk with God in such a way that uh, you, you make sure your T's are crossed, your I's are dotted. I'll, just, I'll take my, my spiritual daddies. You may have different spiritual daddy, I'll take my spiritual daddy. Kenneth E. Hagin, the foremost prophet of the world at that time. He said he was in a place where he, he, he can get near someone or lay hands and he, he, the Lord would show him just about everything, you know, something about them. You know, and Brother Hagin would teach like I would. All right? I'm going to be a breathman because I'm getting closer to you now. And he would do this and start talking. This person would be repenting. I mean, you know, Dr. Dufresne, my, spirit, my daddy walked like that. He'd go like this. And then sometimes he'd look at you and go back to teaching. That was scary. But that's healthy. I have a good friend. He's redheaded, a little taller than me, writes lots of books. I won't give his name, Reverend Joel Siegel. He would say this, when Brother Hagen would do that or Dr. Frame would, would do that, he'd repent of every sin he could ever think of and he would repent for sins he didn't even commit. <laughs> now you say, that's bondage. No, that's precious. And that's what needs to get back in the church. Not, not, not condemnation, not guilt. I'm talking God. I'm talking about God. You know, um, oh, I, I, I'm just now at my platform ready to rip into this thing. Folks living in sin ought not to be comfortable going to your church, they should be welcomed in your church. You, you want people. I, sign them up. People, what kind of lifestyle? When they don't know what sex they are, come on to our church. We welcome you. We want them. We're here to help them. All right? They that are whole don't need a physician, but they that are sick. Okay? But what the plan of God is... It's a man and woman of God who so walks with God, and people are so walking, they, they walk in. And they begin to sense God. Remember in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and begin to fall on their face and say, God is in you of truth. Not without anyone having to convince them or scold them. They, they, they come in contact with God, and their lives are changed. Saul of Tarsus came in contact with God. He had a visitation, a vision of God. He was changed, branded, changed forever. And if the ministers aren't carrying it, the people perish. The people are lacking. Well, pastor, you're talking to ministers. How many know it goes down? How many know these things apply to all our life? You as parents one of the greatest things you can do is walk closely to God. To be so in tune with God that your kids start messing around. Hey John, can we have a little talk? The Lord told me, yeah, that's a healthy thing. To know that God is real. It's not bondage, it's liberty. Without a vision, people perish. And this is something the Lord wants us And we're going to see how to get into more of these things as we progress. But uh, the clock says I'm done. Praise the Lord. And so that's my introduction. And so we'll pick it up tomorrow night. Where there's no vision, people perish. We'll look at Eli and saw, because he didn't walk closely with God, how it affected his family. How it affected those he served. And then you know, we'll see, we'll look eventually of how to be more of a person of vision. Again, we don't seek visions, we don't seek manifestations, we seek God. The God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You seek him, he shows up with himself. Amen. And this world needs to see God. They don't need your argument, they don't need your posts on Facebook. They need to see God. They need to see the God that answers by fire. I mean, we'll, we'll get them that. I'm all pent up, but uh, we got tomorrow, and I'll let loose on you. <coughs> Let's pray, Father. We're just so grateful and thankful for your grace and your goodness, Lord. This is what you've given me over and over. The importance of vision, visitation, and Father, we know. And you've spoken through the prophets. Then these last days you want to visit your people. You want to visit your church. Yeah, I see that, Lord. I see that. Oh my. Yes, yes, I see that. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've been calling the church higher. For the past, I don't know how long, natural years, calling us higher. For there are things you've been wanting to do, things that need to get done and should be done, but we must take time to hear. Yeah. So often, so often I see this, so often we cry, God, God, give me a plane, show me. He's always speaking. The plan for your life has been laid forth since the foundation of the world. Eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered the heart of man the things that God has planned. Those plans were before you were born. It's as you seek me. It's as you get in the Spirit and spend time in my presence. Oh yes, I see that Lord. I see it, I see it. Oh, you've been saying it oh, all. The distractions of this world. Distracted. Distracted. The cares of this world. Not just worries, but things have our attention that keep us from your direction. Oh, Father. Father. I see it. We thought we were waiting on you, but you're waiting on us. You're waiting on us. Oh, Father. Lord, help us. Help us, Almighty God. You said your people would be willing in the day of power. That day of power is upon us now. Yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you said that, Lord. You're speaking to individuals right now. See, these things aren't aren't meant to hurt you, to help you. How I many you know the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart right now? I need to not do so much of this. They may be good, legitimate, or even fun things, but they can take up too much of your time and keep you from that which is highest, that which is best. Oh, Jesus, thank you. We all, we all, Lord, need to break up the follow ground. But Father, thank you that wherever you, you, you convict, you give grace to overcome, and you'll help us all to run like never before, to seek you like never before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see. I see that. Oh, yeah, this year. This year I see many of you, even here in this very congregation will be released into that which your heart yearns for. That which you've known that's been on the inside. Like a seed. It's living, yet sometimes unidentified. Growing and just something on the inside. I was meant for something greater. I was meant for this or that. Yeah, this year... This year, as you seek my face, quiet your mind, follow my direction. This year, saith the Lord of hosts, you'll be released. You'll be released. You'll be in such a place. You'll even pinch yourself. Can this really be? Can God really use me in such a way? And I say unto you, it's been my plan all along. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, holy Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see that, Lord. I see that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Maybe we can communicate that maybe tomorrow or the next day we worship you yeah yeah oh father I see that yeah ah I don't know if I can say that yeah I yeah I see two things I see concerning the nation in our land, going one direction. Yet I see the church of God going another. Yeah. 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 I, I can say this that even in darkness, even the dimmest of lights shine brighter. So, do not be moved this year. Oh, Jesus, do I need to say that? What will happen in your nation? Of course, things have happened every year that men's hearts fail for fear. For it is written and it's been foretold and said, these things shall come to pass. But do not get your attention solely on that. What happens in the world, the darkness, the dismay, and despair. But set your eyes on the Lord above. Set your eyes on Him. Set your eyes, set your face like flint. (laughs) Pursue Him. Seek Him like never before. And though for some who have no light, doom and despair. This will be the greatest hour of the church, the greatest hours of our lives as we seek Him. Oh, Father, thank You. Thank You for that, Lord. Thank You, my Master. Yeah. 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 See, as I'm in the Spirit, I keep seeing things. Ah. now this is for a, a minister and can apply more than one they may be here may not be they can listen if it's not working take time to seek me and find out why my plans work There's always a time, like a seed, when it seems like nothing is happening. And it's only through faith and patience we inherit the promises. But over time, that seed is to grow, flourish, and to bear fruit. And after long periods of time, a seed has no sprout, No stock, no harvest. Something must be wrong with the seed or where it's planted. So is the kingdom of God as man should cast seed in the ground. All of my principles, all of my ways and kingdom as a man should cast seed. So after prolonged time of bearing little or no fruit, Take the time. Yeah, I see that. You may say, well, I'm busy. i got to do that. You've been going this direction for years and years and years and not making much progress. What is a little time with me, saith the Lord, to reverse that? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Master, are we done? I... Ah uh, yes, I see that. Mm yeah. Yeah. It will change. It will change. It will change. Yeah. It will change. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I mean, I would just being in the presence of God where that type of utterance, I, I mean, people's hearts are being adjusted. I mean, that's a holy thing. Very, very holy thing. Where there is no vision, people perish. But I've learned a lesson if you go too long, you know, you want folks to come back. But, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that will change. That will change. Just taking care of something. Yeah. That will change. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm thrilled about that. I'm thrilled about that. Thank you for it. Hallelujah. 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 Um, but before we go, as, as someone who has been placed in the ministry that I have, uh, Paul said this: "I magnify my office." What he means, he, he knows what his office was for, and I know that my office um, is to impart. I, I impart things. Paul said this: "I long to see your face that I might impart some spiritual gift that you may be established." And um, if you're here in the minister or you're called to the ministry, how I many I mean, you know that uh, without a vision, people perish. It's, it's important that you have fire. It's important you walk with God. And I know every time my spiritual dads have laid hands on me, something was imparted and, and caused me to, to be more established in the faith. And so if you allow me, if you want me to, if you don't, that, that's perfectly fine. I'd like for my wife and I to minister to you. Because this is kingdom business. And if you're a minister called the ministry, you'd like me to minister to you. Ah. Yeah, that's going to turn. That's going to turn. I see it. I see that change. Ah, yeah. 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 Mm. We'll get there, Lord. We'll start over here. Let's... And if you happen to be visiting, the best way I like to minister is your hands out. I just want to grab your hands. I know some people like to push me. I just like to hold hands. I know that sounds kind of weird, but yeah, I want to hold your hand. Master, In obedience, the call of God in my life, and the anointing that's running and surging in my hands right now. Concerning these ministers. Ah! Oh. Ah. Oh, ah, oh, yes. Changes. Oh. Changes. Changes. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. Oh. Changes. 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 Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. Oh. Uh, a fresh fire. Yeah. This year, this year, this year, this year, this year, this year, this year. Uh, 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 uh. uh, uh. Ah. Ah. Hmm. Hmm. Ah. Ah. Hmm. change ah mm-hmm change will come change will come change will come ah 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 change ah <sighs> uh, ah uh, uh. mm-hmm Yeah, you have a, a great capability in your mind. You have an analytical mind, and that put to proper use can reveal and, and, and get into the deep things of God of this Word. But right along with a, a spiritual mind, a spiritual heart, a heart that cries, a heart that sets time to pray and seek God, and then you'll have clarity. And that clarity will hit your mind. And the things that your, your mind sometimes gets on will be clearer and clearer and clearer. And you'll know that you know the plan and purpose of God for your life and say, oh, I've never seen it so clear before. But it takes time. Easy. Ah. Oh. Ah. 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 Change will come. Changes, changes, changes. It's always how many people are called to the ministry and we're not a relatively big church or the churches. But God's raising up end time labors. Ah, but my job is to help equip. Ah, not just naturally, but spiritually. Hmm. Ah, yeah, I see that. Oh, yeah, yes, even more, more light, more revelation. Good thoughts aren't necessarily all the time God's thoughts. Good thoughts are good, but ah, just when you get time in it's light, you'll see light. And it'll be clear the direction, the path that you've been calling out to God. Should I go this way, that way? Get mind clear, your spirit active, and it'll be clear to you. And you'll know, yep, yeah, this is the way I should go hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus Ah, oh yes yeah do, do not be troubled or dismayed of the paths that others may take my path for you is a unique one and sometimes it may seem why am I overlooked why isn't this Preparation time is not wasted time. You're being prepared for a special place and special plan. So delight in the Lord and say, "I'm in His hand," and just trust in Him and delight in Him, and it'll all come to pass. Ah, yes. Ooh. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Changes. Oh. Mm. Ah... Yeah. Yeah, pray, 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 pray. pray. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm Mm hmm Ah. Mm. Yeah, it'll come to pass. How precious these people are, Lord. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Changes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, let's just worship him for a moment. Why don't we stand? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. We praise you. We magnify you. Thank you for helping us and encouraging us and strengthening us and, and, and calling us higher. Lord, we want to get this job done. Yeah. Lord, I, I, we get in this place I see and I'm grateful for that. And, and Lord... Maybe tomorrow or next day we can communicate those things, but that's, that's you're calling the church higher. Higher. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. All, right. All right. Why don't you just take a seat real quick? Of course, I would just want to wait till tomorrow, but it, it keeps coming up. And, you know, it could be that some people may not be able to, to be here, and so it needs to be communicated. And I've used this illustration. The Lord said to share it. Remember Smith Wigglesworth. And you, you hear the story when young Lester Sermo went to visit Smith Wigglesworth in his home. You know he's all dressed up, properly, and he had what a newspaper in his his, his, his uh, arm like that, and an umbrella because it was in London; it rains all the time. Smith Wigglesworth looks at him and says, "What's that?" You know, with this real raw English accent. "What's what?" "What's that?" "What's that under your arm?" "Oh, a newspaper, sir." And he says, lies, lies. I don't lie. lies in my home. Get that out. You can't come to my house with those lies. And so he had to throw the newspaper in the bushes before he'd allow into the house. Now, you'd look at something like that. That's extreme. But no one walks like he does. Raised 23 people from the dead had revival, changed the world, dead raised, people healed. He was a vision of visitation. And when you got around him, even Lester Samuel got around him, it drew him up higher. There, there was something more in God that he wasn't walking in because he got around a visitation. The problem is we don't have leaders like that anymore. And that's why the American church is really in such a low spiritual state, but they think it's fine because they haven't had anyone like that that walks with God. Vision. All right. So that's what I'm trying to say. So maybe the first hour just cut out. If you remember that, that's what we're trying to get at. All right. But uh, we certainly love you. We'll pick this up. Tomorrow, thanks for coming out. Uh, we got two more days. Let's get everything that God has for us. We love you. You're dismissed.